Welcome, I've been a podcast for doing 997 Sequel Jurassic Park, one minute time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And today we're here to discuss Minute 83 of The Lost World and Super Bowl insert number here happened this last weekend and uh, the more important part is we got some trailers. More, oh, Fallen Kingdom for us, but um, a couple other ones, Avengers and uh, Solo as well, which I didn't mind. But um, Dave, we got our, a new look at the uh, Indoraptor. Mm-hmm. As that is the, correct. As named in the uh, in the trailer, and um, mm-hmm. some very scary mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elmish <laughs> shots here. Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is the claws, the claw reaching towards the little girl, kind of like every little kid's nightmare of the monster under the bed reaching their claws towards you as you hide under the covers. Yeah. Yeah, we sort of get the shot of it coming in, sort of shadows on the wall. It does the the tap the claw on the ground like the uh, raptor did in the first the first film um, just sort of alluding to it hunting hunting for a prey um, the toy itself we've seen has sort of in leaks has real long arms as well so yeah it does it's sort of standing at the end of the bed here reaching all the way the full length of the bed towards the girl seems a little bit off but oh, I kind of like it uh, then we get the shot of the te- of the close-up of the teeth, and it looks very much like the Xenomorph from the Alien movies, where you get that close-up of the teeth just growling and clenched, drooling out of, uh, drool out of the maw. Yeah, well, it's even drooling and quivering just like it. <laughs> and you've got yeah, that... Yeah, it is. And you sort of posted up the quote with that as well, from Ash, from the first Alien yeah, the as well. Yeah, the quote where he's... I mean, that's how the Indominus Raptor is, though. I mean, that's what it is to me. It's this kind of creature based on instinct where it doesn't feel any remorse or pity or any delusions of morality. That's what the Raptor is to me, and that's what I like about the Indoraptor. Yeah. Very, very sort of horror-based. We knew Bayona was going to go for this, um, this sort of darker look as well, and just this Raptor sort of stalking. Stalking this little girl's bedroom, which, from some of the establishing shots, is a pretty horrific-looking kid's bedroom, <laughs> as well. Like you got a lot of um, sort of uh, black and white trees and vines on the walls. Um, yeah. There's a shot where we see the uh, Indoraptor first approaching the silhouette. There's a horse with its mouth agape, sort of horse screaming as well, which is an odd one. So, yeah, there's sort of a couple of shots there in the bedroom. We get back to that at the end with Blue, but um, the shot here too with Bryce and Justice Smith coming out of the water on the beach and a Chinook carrying away what looks like a Baryonyx or something mm-hmm. in that family. Yeah. yeah, I have to say it's probably the Baryonyx only because, I mean, we don't have... We haven't really gotten news that anything else is really on the island right now. Yeah. We don't know if the Sucomimus, you know? Yeah. And there's another shot here too, which I absolutely love, the Brachiosaur in Main Street. Just Oh, yeah, I love that shot so much. It's, I mean, I love the Brachiosaurus in general, but this shot of it is great. Mm. And so much more texture on its body than what we've seen in the first movie as well. Oh, I mean, we have, <laughs> uh, what, 25 years of additional CGI technology, so better. Yeah, yep. But no, I just love this, love this ruined, ruined park look. Um, nice little callback, looking up at its head with uh, Bryce and that down below, sort of mirroring what we've seen in Jurassic Park as well. 
Yeah, we do. We get the um, shot of Owen and Claire looking up at the neck, and then, and then that mirrors the shot of Owen. I mean, of uh, Grant and Ellie looking doing the same thing in the first movie. And there's a couple of callbacks like that. Mm. Like there's the um, toe clacking on the ground, like um, how the raptors in the kitchen do, which we later are learn have learned is supposed to be like a communicative kind of gesture yeah yep Nonverbal communication yep and then later on too with the uh the pteranodon picking someone up and carrying them away so um and another interesting shot here too we got a little bit of an extended scene with the baryonyx in the tunnels and i'm just wondering what bryce and justice smith are doing there with um they can clearly see the animals coming down the tunnel whether mm-hmm. they think it's owen and blue coming or or what the go is there, because then we get a bit of a back, well, it's backlit by lava dropping into that tunnel, and you can definitely see it's not blue, it's not a raptor, it's a lot bigger. Oh, yeah. Yet they and, just sit there and wait for it to come out. I don't know. And then, of, and then, of course, we see the magma kind of ignite behind the baryonyx that we see enter, and then it starts pouring into that room. Mm. And I'm like, why aren't you running? I'd be running if I started seeing lava pouring into the room I'm standing I'm stand- it. I mean, that's got to be hot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the heat coming off that. It's liquid metal, liquid rock. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, we get a couple of shots here, too, of the uh, the blue animatronic laying on the table that we've seen in the behind-the-scenes um, feature that come out first, which looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and some more shots of the island blowing up with uh, lava hitting those barrels on the east dock. Sending them rocketing in yeah. the air. The uh, the Tyrannosaur waking up and Owen sort of dodging out of its way. Which would be a scary moment. <laughs> Having that thing wake up in its little container. Yeah. And then we got the uh, the auction scene too here with the... Uh, I can't remember his name. I'll just call him the little Nazi from Captain America. <laughs> and, uh, a big screen up behind him and the uh, Indoraptor with uh, several separate currencies, um, mm-hmm. which would be a great, parent, great Britain pound, the euro, the Hong Kong dollar, I don't know what the I, IPV or whatever that is. Oh, that would be Japanese yen. And uh, Singapore dollar, which these all seem to be uh, European or Asian buyers. Mm-hmm. And none in the really North America market, I guess. Yeah, which makes me wonder if this is even in North America. We, we've suspected that um, the mansion might be in another location, similar to the mm-hmm. uh, original John Sayles script from Jurassic Park 3. So interesting to see what happens there. And also on the small on the uh, side of the uh, screen as well, it's got bidding pre-approval required for uh, online bidding, which I'd love to see if that's a little marketing thing that comes in close to the film's release or on the film's release where you can... A bit online for an animal, and you might get a little toy of it or something sent to you. Mm-hmm. Bit of, yeah. Bit of marketing. <laughs> <laughs> second place, second place uh, award for the bidding war seems to be a lot less exciting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> After the uh, the auction scene, we got um, the Indoraptor in the little girl's bedroom. Obviously, Owen's come in and busted up the party. And uh, she's not happy with that and sort of corners at Owen and the little girl in the room and 
Yeah, and, that is a, actually a great bit of acting by them, I think, just because, I mean, the look of sheer terror on Chris Pratt's face. I've never seen that. You don't get that emotion from him very often because he's always playing these cocky, kind of laid-back, suave characters like uh, Peter Quill in Guardians of the Galaxy, mm. stuff like that. Here, it's really interesting to just see, because you never see that on screen, so it'll be interesting to see the fan reaction to see Chris Pratt with terror in his eyes. Yeah. You know? Yeah, especially after it appears he's got so comfortable being with Blue. Here's something that's uh, really, really frightening. But uh, the two seem to have a bit of a fight. Mm. A struggle ensues. The uh, the winner mm-hmm. of that, I say there's some worried fans out there thinking that this may be the end of Blue. I don't... Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I doubt it because I mean Blue's like the Dino friend character of the of these movies, so she's gonna stick around until at least the end of the third. Yeah, I think. Plus, she's all over the marketing as well. Yeah, she is. She's basically the marketing face for the dinosaurs. Mm. But honestly, I am rooting for the Irex a little bit. I mean, the Iraptor a little bit, if only because I like that its person, her personality. Yeah. It's got this kind of bestial kind of um, kind of quality about it that's just so basal and like the raptors from the first movies. You know, um, it kind of reminds me of the quote from Ash in the movie Alien, Ridley Scott's <laughs> seventy nine movie. Yep. Uh, I admire its. I admire its purity, a survivor unclouded by conscience, remorse, or delusions of morality. Mm. And that's just what these raptors are, you know? They are these kind of just serial killer dinosaurs that they take pleasure in killing. They'll play with their food. They'll just terrorize you until you're wetting yourself in fear, and then that's when they come in for the kill. Yeah, it sort of puts the fear back in the animal, um... Like, well, there's one post I've seen online of someone saying it's good to see an actual scary raptor again and not a pet that's got a name, <laughs> like we yeah, see in Jurassic World. It is. So. I mean, that's kind of what these movies have somewhat turned the raptors into. They're almost like, like a pet wolf, in a way, you know? It's not fully trained. It, it might snap at you, but it's not that same animal we knew from the first two movies. Hmm. You know? It's been somewhat tamed. Tem- they've tempered the instinct of the beast. Yeah. But then we get a nice uh, nighttime shot with the Trenosaur roaring mm. up at a helicopter as someone's being winched aboard or climbing a rope. Um, mm. Back aboard, obviously, above the uh, Mosasaur lagoon, you can see the tops of its fence there. Interesting enough, the red lights are still on. Um, yeah. So I... I suspect this is going to be some sort of opening scene where we see either a team or Masrani, someone mm-hmm. going back to uh, Jurassic World to assess the island or something and uh, being chased away by Rexy because mm-hmm. her new territory is Main Street. Uh, well, yeah, it is. Essentially, I mean, well, heck, her, the whole island is her territory now. Yeah. And it was for, like, years before Masrani op- uh, opened Jurassic World, you know? Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, she's definitely f- defending her territory here against what she would perceive as an invader, probably. Mm. I mean, she probably views a helicopter like a large pteranodon. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, it's a nice little callback, too, to the first movie, that 
script at the end where the Tyrannosaur was going to chase Grant and the kids to the helicopter and mm-hmm. um, then scare it away, but that's a nice-looking nighttime shot anyway. Yeah, it is. Oh. I guess it's probably going to be in the rain because it kind of looks rainy. Yeah. And I'm assuming this is what the helicopter was that we saw come that we saw the footage come out of um, from Real News Why. Hmm. Yeah, there was lightning effects and that going off as well. Um, yeah. So I'm assuming this is going to be what that was. Yep. Yeah, because even looking at the past trailer too, there was too many instances of people coming and going to the island. Um, where if this is set in a different time, it sort of makes a bit more sense. But then we cut to the uh, back to the mansion again. It all appears to be the mansion with a bit of a herbivore stampede for a mm-hmm. corridor. Um, no, I think there was a carnivore in there. It looked like there was a oh, small yeah. allosaurus. Yep, yep. Again, I'm not gonna not gonna be too harsh on the CG here to it being a trailer. Hopefully, it put a little bit more color into the into the animals as well <laughs> before the film. But um, yeah, true. We get that uh, get that scene from the first trailer again of the Indoraptor sort of roaring. I think that's Richard Levine's character. Mm-hmm. Um. And a Pteranodon picking up someone and going for a fly. Another <laughs> another callback to Jurassic Park 3, which we're seeing a lot of. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're also seeing the Jurassic World movies in general kind of reusing the um, kind of old pre uh, old script ideas. Mm. Like, for example, uh, the viral site that just updated with this trailer um, showing off a lot of the areas damaged or running but not inspected or something like that mm. like for example it said the um ferry landing is open for government and private use which was very interesting well yeah i was gonna leave the um that viral stuff until after the trailer but yeah it's that sort of come out of it too um as soon as the trailer hit that the dinosaur protection group sort of took off with what they were doing and appeared to uh hack mm-hmm. the jurassic world site as well and as you were saying a lot of those like the Mosasaur feeding mm-hmm. area um, had the big destroyed in red letters across it. Mm-hmm. And the Mosasaur is now apparently missing, which is interesting. Yeah. Where'd our Mosey go? Yeah, because it says um, the underwater observatory has been, it's collapsed, and the uh-huh. Mosasaur is missing. Where <laughs> I'm pretty sure that had seats in it, not a tunnel leading out to the ocean, but I wonder if she's just out in the larger lagoon itself. Hmm. That's what I'm kind of wondering too, but to go back to my point was that um, the, on the dinosaur protection group side, they had a listing of dinosaurs which, that are possibly that I think what it what most of fans are assuming is that the black listed dinosaurs are still alive, but the red one ones in red are extinct. And one of the extinct ones was Eulocephalus uh, or somewhere. Is it is an ankylosaur? Mm. But it was originally in the Lost World script that Burke saw a bone bed of them. And he assumed that it was a mass grave, but then he saw that it was actually a predator chased him off a cliff. And that the dinosaurs are once again sadly extinct. Mm. Yeah, I'm so not I'm not a big fan of them using extinct. I would have preferred assets, no longer assets of the company or something. It implies, well, they haven't been full-blooded dinosaurs at all 
in the franchise have always been clones of something, so it's not really... But then we have the argument in past films about bringing something extinct back to life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and even that list as well, like Ed Montesaurus is crossed out on it as well, so, or read on it as well, so <laughs> The Lost World's our one and only mention or appearance of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> There's some good stuff, that viral marketing. There's um, a bit yeah, a bit of backstory with the uh, the volcano um, mm-hmm. seemingly going active in 2007. Um, it's odd they, they say they can't get onto the island to monitor it because it's privately owned, and that's the Costa Rican government where surely if the, the engine lease still exists, the government can overrule that lease and go there, but I'm not sure how all that works. Whether Maserati, yeah, sure. Maserati might have brought it out right when they took over. Yeah, that's a distinct possibility mm. that they did. Yep. But uh, at the end of the trailer, we've got sort of Owen held up by one of the uh, security guards that appears at the mansion, and he's taken out pretty quickly by a by the Indoraptor. Mm-hmm. Which uh, happens real quick. <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's the... Um, it's 92nd spot, $15 million worth to, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> to air it. <laughs> um, sort of opens the story up a bit more about it's not just uh, rescuing dinosaurs on the island, there's a lot more going on as well. Just looking at still pictures here, I love that Main Street set. <laughs> I just love that ruined that ruined look. Yeah, it does look great, doesn't it? Yeah. And I love the Brachiosaurus just coming right into the middle of it. Yeah. Which makes you wonder if that's sort of the Tyrannosaurus territory. Why is it wandering in by itself? But I think someone said it's a bit younger, it's a bit smaller, so it might not know any better. Maybe, yeah. But that's the um, that's the Fallen Kingdom trailer. Anything else you want to talk mm-hmm. about that before we talk about the uh, return of Ian Malcolm? No, I think we covered the uh, trailer pretty well. You can convince the Washington Post and the Skeptical Inquirer of whatever you want, but I was there, I know what happened, and so do you. The second trailer we got was a little a jeep spot that Colin had hinted at on Twitter. Starts up with uh, Malcolm in the back of the jeep from Jurassic Park and sort of cuts mid-chase to uh, him driving the new jeep Rubicon, I think it is, and uh, being pursued by a very no, good... It's the, uh, it's the Wrangler that he's driving. It's the, it's the hardtop Wrangler. Oh, okay. And, yeah, a nice-looking T-Rex chasing it. Yeah, is it? I think I heard a rumor that Julian Romero... Uh, did the did the uh, helped did the CGI for the Rex here because he kind of posted something on Facebook that made it seem like he did. Yeah. Because of course he works for ILM and um, I think uh, shoot was it uh, he works for ILM for one of the one of their divisions and so I know he did work on um, Star Wars and he did work on I think. No, no, he did not work on Jurassic World, but he wanted to. Yeah. I love Ian Malcolm back. I love the Jeep back. I love the T-Rex back. In the Redwoods, no less. Mm-hmm. I, I about... <laughs> I had fangasmed. I very much fangasmed. It also loved, too, there's a nice little um, map of Isla Nublar on the, uh, the GPS in the Jeep. That's um, the original map, not the Jurassic World map, too, which is mm-hmm. a good little callback there. But, uh, yeah... Of course, uh, mid-chase, he uh, gets the better of the Rex and starts chasing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, no, I said, and I just love that shot of the Jeep t- chasing the T-Rex, and we get that wide shot of the T-Rex running through the Redwoods yeah. being chased by the Jeep. Yeah. 
I made that my desktop wallpaper on my computer. <laughs> and of course, I made the ending shots that we got of the. They were they're on the cliff. Uh, they're at the edge of the ocean, and they're being and they're chasing them, and the jeep's chasing them with T-Rex. I made that my Facebook header. Yeah, that would have been nice if it was a soft top jeep, but I'm guessing it uh, without being painted up like the Jurassic Park jeep, the uh, the general shape of the jeep hasn't changed a lot since '93, so it wouldn't really look like the new one unless you look really close. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's just great, and like. Jeff Goldblum come back and done a lot of uh, lot of marketing and viral stuff for Independence Day Resurgence as well. So I'm guessing this won't be the last thing we see. Yeah, I'd hope to see more of it because, of course, Jeff Goldblum's going to start doing conventions now too. So mm. that'll be fun. Yep. Yeah, I wonder if he uh, wonder if he starts making his own commercials against the uh, Dinosaur Protection Group. Oh, that would be interesting. Mm. It would be a bit of interesting viral marketing, you know? Yeah. It's also sort of get more of him being involved with the film, even though he hasn't got a large part, as far as we know, in the film. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's the uh, that's the Super Bowl stuff. Anything else you want to bring up with that before we get into 83? No, I think we covered that pretty well. All right. As we entered minute 82 of The Lost World, Nick, Sarah, and Kelly had found refuge in a waterfall, along with Burke but the Tyrannosaur was close behind. As we open on minute 83, the Tyrannosaur's head is still in the waterfall, trying to grab them, but Nick realises that it can't reach him. Its tongue reaches out and licks Sarah, but still can't reach any of the survivors. At 82 minutes and 18 seconds, we see a snake start to crawl down Burke's shirt, and he looks around and realises what's happening, and yells, he moves forward, yelling, It's a snake, it's a snake. Sarah yells to stay back, but Burke moves too close to Tyrannosaur and it grabs his arm, pulling him out of the waterfall. At 82 minutes and 31 seconds, we hear a chomp, and red blood starts to mix with the water on the waterfall. And Robert Burke is dead. At 82 minutes and 40 seconds, while cradling Kelly, Nick sees a shadow in the waterfall and yells, It's coming back. We soon realise it's Ian, not the Tyrannosaur. At 82 minutes and 49 seconds, we cut to the rest of the survivors running from the forest into the long grass. And as minute 83 ends, we see RJ run to the grass and stop, and about to yell something. And this ends minute 83 of The Lost World. As we end the last minute, uh, Nick, Sarah and Kelly ran into the uh, waterfall, little concave there with uh, Burke following close behind. And uh, the Rex come in after him as well. As we open it this minute, Nick sort of stand there between Animal and the girls, yelling that he hates it. You son of a bitch! I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, then Burke starts pushing him out of the way, and he's like, "It can't reach you! It can't reach you!" Mm. Yep. Because you can see him trying to wedge himself between Kelly and the Rock Face. Yeah. Yep. And yet the Rex also roars too, which would be insanely loud in that small space. Oh, yeah, especially with the arc echoing off of the rock, mm, you know? Yep. And you get that nice big tongue-licking Sarah. Yeah, another little callback to the uh, original Jurassic Park novel as well, um, mm. where Tim and Lex and Alan go behind a waterfall while the... Uh, I think at that point the Tyrannosaurs actually... 
Oh no, it's in the water. It's just chased them off the off the uh, waterfall in the boat. But um, yeah, yeah, this waterfall's definitely a lot smaller. And there's no park machinery behind it. But uh, there we had the wreck sort of wrap its tongue around Tim and start pulling him out. But here, uh, mm-hmm. I can't quite get to Sarah. But it's still sort of it, the tongue looks like that sort of what we described in the novel, which was good. Um, Actually, interestingly, in the novel, it was described as blue, like a parrot, you know? Oh, was it? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. But then we cut to uh, the snake. Now, being someone internationally, I never got the whole yellow band, blue band, red band, whatever the snake identification is. There's a lot of, um, not fan hatred, but sort of fan questioning out there as to why Burke reacted the way he does when he sees a snake, knowing it's only a non-venomous snake. you want to fill it in for the international listeners, Dave? <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, basically, the rhyme goes, red next to yellow will kill a fellow, red next to black is a friend of Jack, or something like that. And so, they're basically seeing the difference between a coral snake and a, and a uh, just a regular, um, what is it, uh, I can't remember the other species. It'd have to be a python. <laughs> it's a milk snake. It's a milk snake, that's right. Yep. And so, basically, a milk snake is perfectly uh, common, non-venomous snake. It's uh, pretty much common in the, across the Americas. But the coral snake is highly venomous. And Burke doesn't really get a good view of the snake here, and so he just sees red and, he just sees red and black and uh, white bands. And he starts running uh, towards the wreck's mouth to get away from it. Yeah, it's. I'll also maybe wrongly assume the coral snake is a sea snake or, or lives near the ocean, but that might be that might be an inland thing as well. Um, yeah. But also, yeah, and also you got to look at the scene here too. His glasses are foggy because he's just gone through the mm-hmm. waterfall. Um, he can't look or turn his head all the way back to see the whole snake go into his shirt. He can feel it. He knows... <laughs> he can sort of just see that tip of the tail disappearing into his shirt. So he does what anyone would do and go, oh, crap, it's a snake. <laughs> but, it, yeah, interesting. He sort of walks away from the wall here after the snake's already gone into his shirt. And, um, mm-hmm. of course, as soon as he does that, he gets himself that little bit closer to the Rex where it's able to grab his arm and pull him out. Now, one thing I've always... It, I can't really see it here in the version I'm watching, but it always seemed like Sarah or Nick were pushing him <laughs> towards the uh, Tyrannosaur of the hand instead of trying to grab him to pull him back. But there's a bit of a split here between where he's pulled and uh, where they put their hands up to try and pull him back, so mm-hmm. that might be just something from my childhood yeah. I, I'm not remembering properly. Yeah, possibly, because I never really, got, I really got that. I thought they are kind of grabbing him because Sarah even yells come back yeah yeah but uh the Rex has got him by the arm and starts pulling him out of the waterfall which I yeah I wish I had a big knife to start cutting my arm off (laughs) you're in the the grass (laughs) of that animal obviously you've probably got a tooth that's gone through your arm as well so oh you know it Mm. yeah that was this was always one of my favorite deaths only because it's so gruesome where you see the waterfall turned red, and I even have a picture, of, a caption picture, I'll post it up on our social media, that where it says, um, bones crunching and the screaming stops. Yeah. And it's just like, ooh, you know? 
Yeah, and we've seen before what happens when the wreck sort of frozen you and goes gulp with Eddie. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting, there's a little bit of a, I don't know if it's a sound flub or what the go is, but as we see Burke sort of raise up behind the water, um, we hear the gulp, the cry, and the, the cry cut out in the gulp um, while his legs are still kicking at the top of the waterfall. <laughs> it's like they're a little bit quick with that sound effect. Mm-hmm. Um, cue, cue to red water in the waterfall again. Another callback, another uh, similar to what we've seen with Dieter as well. And again, implying death and not actually seeing it. Which, um, yeah. Sort of great little touches by Spielberg. Now, I always kind of wondered, what is the groaning noise when... Because we hear a groaning noise and Nick look up and yell, it's coming back. But then Ian Malcolm just appears. I mean, jumps, I mean a, wild move, a wild Ian Malcolm appears, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's an odd one because Sarah's there for eyes shut and um, Nick's sort of holding Kelly, um, mm-hmm. saying it's okay to her. And um, he looks up and sees a shadow coming back towards the waterfall and says, yells, it's coming back. Whether after eating Burke, the wreck sort of turned and shook his head and growled a bit. But it's it's pretty quick. Like, Ian arrives really quick on the scene here. Um, yeah, he does. Which, again, might be just a timing issue, but um, mm-hmm. Kelly's screaming as, as Ian runs through the waterfall. But, um, wow. Yeah. I, nobody knows uh, Ian Malcolm coming out of the other side of the waterfall there. Everybody thought it was the T-Rex coming back. Yeah, and Lori... Which begs the question... How did Ian Malcolm get past the T-Rex? Did he not? Did he just not move? Yeah. Well, he would have had to run to catch up to it as well. Like they were running, they were running for a while up the ravine away from, um, away from the camp when the two Trinosaurs come on the scene. Now, he probably would have caught up as the Rex had its head in the waterfall. Um, yeah, true. And he would have had no way to know that that was Kelly and that in there. So he probably waited until it left. But then you'd sort of, if he's going to just go running in there, you'd think, okay, well, if it's Hunter's in there, he's probably risking getting shot. <laughs> but then there was no gunshots. They hadn't tried to shoot the Rex while its head was in there, so he probably knew it was safe. But uh, uh, Kelly jumps up on him, wraps her arms around him, and uh, Nick sort of, uh, Ian looks at Nick and says thank you to him for uh, looking after and saving his daughter. Um, yeah, I suppose Sarah to a... Uh, Another extent as well. Mm-hmm. But then we cut to a, a high-up shot of the uh, hunters running through the palm tree forest and emerging out into the uh, open grassy field. And I just love here we start to get those drums pick up again too as we get the, uh, the, yeah, the flashlight sort of scanning the area and flicking over the, the grass. Um, and I do love that we get to see palm trees here because it shows a definitive shift between location, you know? Mm. People are always like, oh, the lost world, it's the redwoods, you know? Why is there no palm trees, or why is there no redwoods in Jurassic Park 3? But when you think about it, and the split is very 50-50, in a way that the redwoods are very isolated to kind of co- more coastal regions, except for that little spot that's near the um, Dieter's death. Yeah, yep. Which would make sense, seeing as the name is Coastal Redwoods. They thrive on the mists that come off the ocean. Mm. That's how they get big. But here, where it shows a definite that they're not long, they're no longer in that Redwoods location 
we now have definitive palm trees, you know? Yeah. And it just sort of, we know that this grassy field is sort of the barrier or the edge of this higher area that drops down into the interior of the islands. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why when we get to the worker village, when we get there a little bit later, it's it's all palms and ferns and that sort of lower lower foliage. There's no large trees. Yeah. But no, I mean, there are some large trees, though, because there's, I mean, if you look at the background, they're surrounded by large trees, and they're these kind of, I saw them in California. I, I don't know what they are, but they have, like, this kind of gnarled quality about them. They're, they're, they have this look about them that shows you, you can see why Spielberg chose them, you know? Hmm. Or chose them for the sets when he made the, when he did the sets. They have this kind of like gnarled, twisted quality about them that is very spooky. Yeah, yep. And just yeah, just adds that sort of abandonment and the un- mm-hmm. the unknown. Um, but as we end the end the minute here, we sort of get RJ coming out of the forest as well, out of the ferns and into the grass, and he's about to yell something. We don't see what that is or hear what that is in this minute, but. Um, yeah, the last of the yeah, <laughs> the last of the hunters here running out into the long grass. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, NFN else on eighty three. You want to talk about it before we get out of here for the day? No, I think we're good. All right. All right, guys, let's get the hell out of here. Contact details are on the website thelostworldminute.com. You can email feedback to thelostworldminute at gmail.com. Facebook the Lost World Minute, Twitter at the Lost World Minute, and Instagram the Lost World Minute. Easy to remember. Yeah, yeah, very easy to All remember. Right. <laughs> uh, David, thank you for joining me for this recording. You're welcome. And uh, we'll be back. I've been Brad. I'm Dave. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. Goodbye. Talk to you later. Bye. It is absolutely imperative that we work with the Costa Rican Department of Biological Preserves to establish a set of rules for the preservation and isolation of that island. These creatures require our absence to survive, not our help. And if we could only step aside and trust in nature, life will find a way.